In our last chat with Nora Willem, we took a deep dive into one session in particular. It was LAX 2016, and we saw how it was a lot of innovation around one specific session. But as we look at it, there's a lot of things we do in UIP that might end up affecting a lot more than that one session you're doing it at. Of course, as we'll soon talk about in more detail, there's a chance that the session goers will pick things up and try them in their own things in the, in the future. But there's a chance for good ideas to do a lot more than that, to have this kind of butterfly effect where more and more sessions will pick up on what you did and develop on it. And through that, you can end up changing the organization for good. Yeah. And today we're actually going to take a look at one of these in particular. We've all heard of direct responses and how they work in GA. But once again, these weren't always in GA. They came about at a certain time by a certain team of people who decided, let's try something out. So we're really lucky enough to be joined by Chris Tripp today, who's going to have a chat with us about that. Well, thanks so much, Chris, for joining us. Um, before we start off, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, thanks very much to the two of you for uh, letting me join in on this. My name is Christopher Tripp. Chris, I'm 39 years old by now. Uh, I was an EYP from 1998 to about 2014. So, well, I still feel like I'm an EYP because I'm still in the uh, alumni coordination group, but sort of the last session that I was, I was at was in 2014. Um, married, two kids, uh, you know, um, so I live in Coach Bullesbach, as I just told you guys, it's, which is a, a tiny, you know, a little village of about 250 inhabitants, um, slightly to the east of Bonn, so uh, in Germany, that is. Um, yeah, there we go. That's what I used to, I mean, I was in EYP Germany for, uh, for of course, for a long time. I uh, had the good fortune of uh, going to a couple of uh, international sessions myself, and in 2007, I was uh, president of one of those, um, was on the GB for, uh, uh, I can't remember, a couple of years in any case, uh, around about 2004. Uh, so I, I got uh, I got to do all of the stuff you can do in EYP. <laughs> nice, nice. So, so when I met you, I think it was in 2012 and then 2014. In, uh, in yeah. Tallinn 2012, you were the trainer of that AS and you came over to our, our team. I remember our team, we were stuck and our chairperson, Andre Shavais, just couldn't break us. So he had to bring Chris along to break us. Um, and then I had the um, yeah, the fortune of being with you in 2014 for your final session um, as yeah, one of your indeed. chairpersons. But, but then if we oh. if we kind of go back uh, to start off with, so that was towards the end of your like mm. main time in EYP and in sessions. But mm. where did where did EYP begin for you? What what brought you into EYP? Well, the the short version of that was that uh, I was sitting in school. A uh, teacher, a new teacher, teacher we hadn't known yet, um, came into our class and said, who would like to take part in this thing called European Youth Parliament? And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Raised my hand, looked around, <laughs> no one else raised their hands. Uh, but we managed to get 10 people together in the end. Um, we went off to our national selection conference, um, which, as you can imagine, in 1998 was quite a bit different, probably from what national selection conferences are like now. And... Um, at that time, basically, it was you were you weren't so much selected as you were. This was sort of a, a huge thing. Yeah, you know, sort of the, you you only had two options at a national selection conference. Either you got selected to go to an international session, or you 
could go home crying. Yeah, so in, in, in Germany, at least um, uh, in, the, in the years that I, that I was there, we ended up pretty much being able to give, I don't know, maybe 50, 60% of people who got to the National Selection Conference something, they could go to an international forum, you know, or they could take part in something in Germany. Uh, but at that time it was like those two things and uh, we uh, were fortunate enough to be selected we went to vienna the international 29th international session i think it was in 1998 in vienna which was um actually a huge disappointment yeah because we're germans and we're like oh go to vienna and, and I, but the thing was that at that point in time there was some kind of a it was it wasn't a pandemic but there was it was something local that happened in in rome if i remember correctly and this the other session was was actually cancelled. So we were the one, the only ones who ended up going to an international session. Uh, had a great time in Vienna, and again at that time things were very different because you weren't really pushed into being a, an active member of uh, EYP really quickly. And in the end, what I got was I just kept getting invitations to come back to international sessions as a delegate. Well, it's just, and I just said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go again. That was fun. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. So I ended up going to Rome 99, Dubrovnik 2000, and uh, uh, no, Dubrovnik was 2001, sorry, Bern 2000, and then 2001 to Dubrovnik. So essentially I spent more like three and a half years just being a delegate, which I think is pretty unheard of nowadays. And from there I then went to, um, uh, um, decided that I wanted to become active in this, um, started in EYP Germany. Um, and um, again, at that point in time in EYP Germany, basically you had the National Selection Conference and then one forum, that was all we did. Um, and the organization was too big for that. There were too many people who were willing, motivated, interested in doing something. Um, so um, I think I can say that I was one of those people, at least uh, at that point in time, um, who were a bit of a driving force for us to say, look, we have to be able to do four or five or six of these forums, you know, to get people involved, activated and, and uh, create some kind of an impact. Uh, so that that was that was sort of the, the national level. And then on the international level, um, again, it was, it's, it's all good fortune in the end. Uh, there was, um, I'd met some interesting people, people like Tapio Shrey, Frederick Lee Olson, um, uh, and, and these guys, they had developed this other thing called the Northern European Youth Forum, um, which was sort of an EYP type thing, but, um, but their own. Uh, and they'd, um, for this Northern European Youth Forum, they decided to um, come up with a FIT with the facilitating international teams, this, this um, facilitation training. And I was actually a participant at the very first FIT. Um, and the head organizer of the international session that I was applying for to chair for the very first time, he was also there. And um, we just had one evening where we very openly talked about this. And I said, look, you know, you know that I'm applying and I know that you're here. Um, uh, I don't want this to come between us and the training experience and to make it a long story short. Um, that's how I ended up getting onto the international scene. Um, yeah, and that was in 2004 in Tabor, which was also one of these sessions where I was one of the few sessions I think that was fully locally organized because at that time we were uh, transitioning, so to speak, from Bettina Carr Ellison to the new setup in, in EYP. And so this was one of those sessions which happened in this limbo where the, um, uh, the chief organizers could basically do what they wanted. So um, you can imagine it was quite a wild, uh, <laughs> quite a wild kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and from there, I mean, you know, things things just develop from there. After a while, as you know, you get to know people and um, got to um, 
chair at a, a couple of other international sessions. At the same time, we were setting up the um, EYP Training Academy, um, got onto the GB, and, and sort of the whole thing culminated then in, in 2007, as I just mentioned, in Bliss, the Bjoistok International Summer Session, um, which I had the honor to preside. And then at that point in time, basically it was it was over, but people had sort of continued to ask me if, if I would be prepared to come and help. Uh, for example, with chairs trainings, um, as you mentioned before, Nathan, and that's kind of how I sort of um, stayed on board a little bit in, in different kinds of capacities. And that all ended sort of with, with the last session in Cohen 2014, which was um, the session where I... Um, I was allowed to preside because it was uh, an accompanying session to the 70th um, uh, 70th anniversary of D-Day. So um, uh, the uh, EYP France at that time uh, were looking for someone who was a little bit older. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so that's how I got on board there for sort of one last hurrah. Nice, nice. Um, I, I really like that story and particularly lots of things you mentioned there to EYPers who joined in the past, let's say, 10 or 15 years. A lot of that will say, sound quite alien in terms yeah. of going out and being a delegate for many years or, yeah. or EYP mainly being about these international sessions. Whereas these days, it's almost as if the international session is like the small thing here or there. And then in between that, we have five, six hundred other sessions taking place every year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, I mean, and, and this is something I think that we're going to be talking about today uh, a little bit more extensively. Uh, that, that things were different in the past, obviously, and uh, but they developed to get to the place where we are right now. And, and one of them is exactly this thing that you, really long time ago, yeah, I'm talking about the beginning of the 2000s, there were no forums. These things didn't exist. You had national selection conferences, and then you had three international sessions. And that was it. Um, and the, the whole concept of a forum only really started at that point in time. Um, and and it had to be something as a, how to put this, um, as a format, it was something that had to establish itself. And there were lots of different, um, there were lots of different initiatives going around as well. Uh, in Belgium, they had, I, I forget the name of what it was exactly called, but they had their own special um, type of forum as well that was happening in Brussels. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, Tapio Frederick Ragnarsil was the other guy and um, uh, um, fourth person who I've uh, really should, really should remember what his name was because he passed away suddenly last year, unfortunately. Bernd uh, Bjarnes, there we go, one of these. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, and burnt, they created their Northern European Youth Forum. So things were happening inside EYP, things were happening on, a, on the periphery of EYP. Um, and I mean, I, I get to see what's going on now from a distance, of course, in EYP. And I have to say, I'm, I'm really happy about it because just having these, you know, these three big events and, and this make or break system where if you get there, you're, you know, you've made it. And if you don't get there, you kind of haven't. It's, it was really polarizing and, um, and a bit unnecessary, I'd say. Mm. That's really interesting because these days EYP Germany is really known for its competitive nature in their sessions. Was that still, but you also mentioned that you were invited to be a delegate at multiple internationals. Like, is it, how, how was the environment at the sessions? Was it the, as competitive as the nature as you can imagine it being these days? So, so uh, I would say that was, it was very, it was different over time. Now, of course, the first thing is when, when, 
when you're a delegate yourself, and I'm, I mean, you guys have experienced this too, as a delegate at a national selection conference, it always feels very competitive. Like that doesn't really matter um, what else is, is going on around there. But at that point in time, uh, what happened was that we had pre-prepared resolutions. We came to the session, we did this, we did some team building, but it was pointless. We did committee work with other people from other teams, which was also pointless because we weren't actually going to use the resolutions. And then we got to GA and that was where the, you know, where things started. And then you got your pre-prepared resolution out and you presented it and everybody else had had like a month to prepare uh, their statements. Uh, so it was very, um, yeah, it was just very competitive, very intense. Um, and at least in the, the time span, I'm going to say between, you know, 2004 and, and 2008 or nine, this was one of the things that in EYP Germany, at least, that we were working on, that we were saying we have to take this out. And, and there were big discussions going on um, about what kind of a delegate experience do we want to give people? Should they come prepared with something? Should they not? If they don't, then the quality of the resolutions goes down. If they um, if they do come prepared, uh, then we can't give them this team building and, and committee work experience. Um, so a lot of work was put into that, but um, I mean, I don't know what's happened the, the past six years, uh, of course, but I could imagine that just because we can't provide uh, basically uh, a session or a, you know, uh, some, some kind of a, a prize for everybody, uh, I could still imagine that you come out of that and saying, you know, maybe 50% of people get something and, and that might be different in comparison to other uh, national committees. So taking, taking from what we've been um, talking about here, so far we've been really focusing on how was EYP beforehand? Yeah. Um, and how things are quite different and there's something especially with Joel that we we talk a lot about is where was the point in EYP that this became the norm the way that right. we do things in EYP today um, are very different to the way things were done 15 or 20 or 25 years ago but then there were certain either people or sessions or things that happened to kind of change these and you have a really interesting story of one of these kind of key things that we take for granted in every EYP session and a nice story about how that actually came to be. So I think we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, the story, no, I'm just, look, okay, so what, <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the story itself um, is about the direct response sign. Um, and um, you have to imagine that before 2006, this was, this was when we came up with this, but before 2006, your General Assembly would, would just, well, it didn't have direct response. So what that meant was that people would raise their uh, placards, they'd make their point, the next person would raise their placard, they'd make a completely, you know, different point no relation between any of the points and you as the defending committee you as the the presenting committee you would be just furiously writing down like your responses to all these different ideas that were or all these criticisms that were coming in because it was mainly criticisms um and then you'd somehow have to squash that into your uh, into the response time that you had and um this was um it was just it didn't make for a very good general assembly it just didn't make for a very good um discussion in the end, because all that was happening was uh, you just go through a whole lot of um, random points and then you do that whole process again and then maybe again and then people would vote on um, on your resolution. Um, 
and so and this was this was one of the um, sort of the innovations that we tried out at a small forum uh, for the very first time at a small forum in Münster. Münster is um, a town in northern Germany. It was where I was studying at the time. Um, and uh, for those of you sort of for history buffs, Münster was the place where the uh, the peace treaty, the uh, treaty, uh, the peace of Westphalia was signed there. Uh, this was to end the 30 year war. Um, so, um, you know, Münster, there we go. Anyway, <clears throat> um, the way this whole thing came about was that um, a good EYP friend of mine called Max Muak, um, Max is in, in Mexico now. Um, Max and me, we, we were slumming it in, in Münster. He was staying at my place. He'd been there for, I don't know, about a month or so. I, I can't remember why, but I know that he, we ended up, you know, sharing a bed and, and as one does when one's studying. Anyway, um, and we sat down and we said, we really want to do a, an EYP session in Münster because Münster is a, is a beautiful place. And the summer of 2006 was a really important summer in Germany because this was the summer of the um, Football World Cup, which was happening in Germany. Uh, the Sommermärchen, yeah? I don't really, it's not really translatable, um, uh, but it's just, um, you know, the, the fabled summer, so to speak. Um, and uh, so we thought, okay, if we want to do a session and it's going to be happening at the same time as the, um, as the World Cup, we have to have some kind of a football theme. And I know this reference is very, very dated by now, but at that time it was pop and fresh. Uh, we had this, the, the session was called Kick It Like EYP. Okay, <clears throat> so I apologize for that now. I don't apologize for what we thought of then. It was amazing at that time. Anyway, uh, and the, the Kick It Like EYP forum, we decided, if we're going to have a football themed forum, we're already going out on a limb. So let's try out um, all sorts of other things as well. And we sat down one evening, uh, it was a rather, rather wine filled evening, if I remember correctly. And we just came up with about 10 or 15 different ideas of things where we said, you know, we really, these are things that we want to change in EYP. We want to try out something new and different. Um, and um, there were three things that we ended up uh, trying out uh, at the forum in Munster. One of them was this direct response sign, just the idea that you could actually respond to something uh, that somebody had said previously and you would get preferential treatment if you did that. Um, we also um, tried out having chairs um, being allowed to make points in GA, uh, simply because our experience was as a chair GA is incredibly boring. You just sit there, you, you're not allowed to do anything, you kind of, you know, um, you can motivate people around you to speak, you can hold up some placards, but that the rest is just two wasted days. So our idea was each chair gets two points, like for the entire GA, you can make two points. Um, if you want to. Um, and, and again, uh, sort of the, the thought in the back of our minds was this might raise, you know, the, the level of GA as well, because chairs, you know, tend to be clever people. Uh, they, they tend to be able to have, um, you know, put together a coherent uh, argument and a coherent idea. Um, and then the, the third one, the third idea that we had here was, we called it a foreign amendment. Um, and the idea was to, um, that instead of making a point and raising a point in, in GA, you could also raise the suggestion of an amendment. So um, if you were listening to the, um, uh, to the debate and you had the feeling it was all centering around, you know, clause 3B, then you could say, look guys, how about we change clause 3B to this? And then the, the resolution should be, you know, fine for everybody. Um, and um, anyway, so these were the, these were the things that we, uh, we came up with there. The session itself was, uh, yeah, we had 8,000 euros in the end um, for, we had a hundred people, five days, 8,000 euros. Um, 
And the way that we managed to do it was that we got everybody to sleep in a condemned building. Yeah, there was this uh, student accommodation that was supposed to be torn down. And, uh, and we, we got the university to um, give it to us for the time that we um, had the session. So we thought every, everything would be fine, you know, student accommodation, uh, you know, beds, everything will be there. Uh, unfortunately, two days before the session, we got there and it turned out they just cleaned out everything. We just had rooms. There was nothing, it was bare. There was nothing in them. Um, so, so we got, um, what's this thing called? THV, it's like a technical assistance um, organization in, in Germany. We got them to give us some camp beds. Yeah, and we just, um, I spent the day before the session piling 100, literally 100 camp beds and just putting them into different rooms just so the people had a place to sleep. Um, you can imagine people weren't particularly chuffed <laughs> that they were <laughs> having to sleep on these really rudimentary camp beds. But you know the weather was great. It was a it was a really warm summer, so people didn't spend that much time sleeping anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, and we as I as I just said, it was a football themed session, so we actually had some um, football tournaments uh, in the context, if I remember correctly, of um, uh, of, of team building with Uli Stein. You guys were no one knows who Uli Stein. Uli Stein was a, a, a goalkeeper, a German goalkeeper who was at the World Cup in the eight, in the '86, I think. So you know he's he's not nobody. Um, and uh, we got we got some celebrities in there. And for me, one of the highlights of the session, and I'll get to direct uh, response in a minute. Yeah. But one of the highlights of this of the session was just when when Germany beat Argentina. And just all of Munster was on the streets, you know, uh, celebrating, waving German flags. And at this, at this point in time, we had uh, we were typing up the resolutions. So all of the chairs were sitting together, um, spending that evening typing up the resolutions. And I carted them all out so they could see Germans celebrating because this is something that um, you know, international people don't get to see very often. And, and you know, Germans, we 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 have a reputation. So um, I really wanted people to you know get get a feeling for this um, slightly different Germany. Yeah, and anyway, as I um, sort of um, mentioned at the beginning, we had our um, uh, our general assembly in this uh, hall where they signed the thirty year uh, the, the treaty to end the thirty year war, uh, and we tried out these these three different things: uh, the chairs points, the direct response, the the foreign amendment. Um, uh, just to drop some additional names, uh, the, the board consisted of um, Michel Hochstrasser, who now works for uh, VCG, is a, a Swiss guy, Lotte Brune, Lotte Brune works for the um, Belgian Foreign Office, and Natalia Wojnarowska from Ukraine, who I have not been able to find out what she does right now, apart from the fact that she lives in New York. Uh, so Natalia, if uh, you're hearing this, please do tell me what, what's going on with you right now. <laughs> anyway, what we basically did after the session is we just sat down together and we said, okay, which of these things worked? You know, which, which, ones, which ones did you feel comfortable with? Which ones would you guys like to try out in your countries and your sessions? Um, and uh, the direct response thing was the one that stuck. Um, and so uh, I'm not 100% I'm not sure anymore what session it was that we then, what international session it was then that we um, tried this out at, at the first, uh, for the first time. Um, you can imagine that it was a bit tricky because, of course, there were people, you know, um, who, who wanted things to stay the way they are. And especially because, as you mentioned before, international sessions were such a big thing. Yeah? So like, ah, you know, changing the rules. Mm. Um, but uh, if I remember correctly, it was it was actually um, my summer session. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure with my yeah, the, the summer session in Białystok in, in 2007. So a year later. 
Um, by which time, though, this direct response had kind of already uh, found its way into different forums and, and different other events at EYP. So when people got to this summer session, um, it wasn't, it didn't feel that, that different anymore. So let's put it that way. Um, the reason it was a summer session was because this was not something you got selected to. Um, so that was the reason why people felt more comfortable um, trying out new and different things then. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the experience of, um, of putting it together and of basically thinking through um, all of the different, uh, let's say eventualities of, you know, how, how could this thing be misused? Can you gain the system if you use a direct response sign? What happens if you hold up a direct response and then you start talking about something else and so on? It was, uh, it was um, yeah, it was, it was just, it's, it's interesting when you go into this new territory and you don't know what's going to come of it. And uh, for me, this is an example of, you know, just trying out some stuff and seeing what sticks. And um, well, this one stuck. So I'm, I have to say I'm pretty happy about that. Well, I, I think the idea definitely generated a lot of memes uh, over the past few years in EYP around that is not a direct response or different ways <laughs> that the board <laughs> managed to address people in GA who just try to sneak something in. Oh, you said this idea. Okay, if I read now my pre-prepared thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th this is the, I mean, it's, um, it's of course something that people had to get used to over time. And as you say, it's uh, still something that people use to try and game the system to a certain extent. But if I can, if I can just share the the difference for me, just the difference in feeling between pre two thousand six GAs and post two thousand six GAs, um, for me, I mean, I I, I, I sort of um, mentioned this briefly before already, but for me, really, uh, a GA was completely just disjointed before we had this direct response thing, not because of you know it wasn't. Uh, no one was actively sabotaging the process, but it was just everybody had their points. They'd had time to sit down, read through resolutions, think about what they wanted to say. And then that was the thing that they wanted to say. And as, as we know, there's never enough time to get through all points. So you don't, like when you stood up, you, you, you read out your point. And most people, for most people, English isn't their first language. So, so they were happy, you know, to stick to their piece of paper and just, you know, read that. Um, and what happened as soon as we moved across to direct response, it wasn't, it wasn't like day and night, but it was sort of this first move from, from my feeling at least, this first move towards actually having a debate and a conversation um, about the resolution and less about like the, the, the debate itself started focusing less on what are the points that I can attack? What are the things that I don't like about this resolution so that you as a defending committee spent your entire time just somehow you know fighting against these these uh, negative points but you actually had uh, people coming up with uh, constructive points people defending you even if they weren't in your committee and so on um, and for me that was sort of that was very encouraging to see that people really quickly picked up on this and said okay let's turn this into something constructive as well that's really interesting like when you talk about this kind of interactivity within within the general assembly this while you mentioned before about the amendments, it's also been slightly picked up. I've been mm -hmm. a part of multiple sessions that have had some sort of form of amendments for resolutions. Um, but what would you see? Would there be something else that you would like to see added on top of interactivity within the GA or in sessions in general? 
So I'm going to be very, uh, uh, very egoistic here <laughs> and share with you a couple of things that we've tried out that I don't know whether they've been picked up on. Um, when it comes to interactivity in GA, I have to say, um, I, I have I have something for you there, but I'd um, it, it's sort of it's more of a, a side note to um, one of these three other points. So the first thing that I tried out, and this we tried in, in uh, the OSDOC at this um, summer session in, in 2007, was that the president actually gets elected, um, and the reason, and, and basically the, the um, I have two points that go in this direction. For me, um, we 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 put a lot of emphasis in EYP on having democratic structures, being in these democratic processes, experiencing democracy. But if as a delegate, you come to a session, you are given a hierarchy, chairs, journals and organizers, vice presidents and president. And you have no say in any of this. Like there is, this is just the way it is. And you're expected to, you know, humbly, <laughs> Uh, you know, bow to whoever is uh, the authority, and you're expected to show reverence to a certain extent. I, I, maybe this, maybe it's changed over the past six years. Yeah, but but this was sort of my experience, and so what I tried in in um, in the OSDOC together with the um, with the journal team there, the, I think the multimedia team nowadays, right? Um, <clears throat> but but uh, we tried to set up this underground movement against me as the president. So. The journos were actually writing these pamphlets and, you know, uh, sort of, you know, trying to topple me and create and describe me as a dictator. And then at some point in time, we actually had an election and people stood for the election. Um, and unfortunately, um, my to this day very best friend, Jonas Drega, unwittingly kind of sabotaged me there because the election itself happened without me being present. So the, the whole story of the session was, we as a, uh, as, a, as a session, we don't accept that people are just being placed in front of us and, and are going to be our, um, our leaders. Uh, and so we are going to have an election and the board is not there and you know they'll see what happens as soon as it happens. And, uh, and what, what unfortunately happened, and Jonas, for all the right reasons, but it kind of, it, it kind of sabotaged it in me. And he um, also uh, chose to put me on the list and uh, I was allowed to be elected as well. And because this was something that people hadn't experienced before, everybody was like, ah, okay, we'll just vote for Chris. It's fine, we'll just vote for Chris, um, which, which wasn't quite the point. Um, this sort of thing, it's, this is not, um, this wasn't, entirely 100% my doing. Uh, in Bern, I think it was in 2000, they'd actually done a similar thing where the, the but in that case, the Giorno team had actually um, instigated a revolution uh, against the president. Um, and then kind of they'd, they'd done this numb mafia style thing, which was, a, you know, it was, it was, it was uh, fun at that time as well. But that's, that's where my idea came from. Um, and then in Caen, um, Nathan, you might remember, we tried out, you know, something in this direction as well. And that would be sort of this, my second suggestion, which is uh, a little bit lighter touch, which is to say to have delegate ambassadors or committee ambassadors. What do I mean by that? I mean that every committee votes on, elects one person out of their midst who is going to be an ambassador to the organizers, the journals, the chairs. Uh, and the way we did this in Carl was that um, the, the group of delegate ambassadors, I think we had 
10 committees or so, but that group got together and they decided who were going to be the ambassadors towards the journals, the chairs and, and, and the organizers respectively. So that as an organizer, you had two people who would be giving you feedback, you know, about the session, about how things were going, how delegates experiencing this at the moment. And then as ambassadors, you had a really important responsibility, which was finding out what delegates needed, what delegates wanted, how things were going, um, and then going into a constructive discussion with the organizers, with the chairs, with the journals. Um, and, and I can't remember whether we, we also then elected delegate, a delegate president and a delegate vice president. I, I can't remember whether we elected those out of the group of ambassadors. I don't think so. I think we elected them out of the uh, full plenary, so to speak, of, um, of delegates and people who wanted to stand, who said that, uh, you know, they, they would like to be considered. They got uh, a minute's worth of uh, presentation. They got to present themselves. We had seven candidates, if I remember correctly. Two people were elected. And those two people then interacted directly with us as the board. And they also ended up um, presiding some of the GA sessions. Um, and, and again, I mean, this was sort of a three quarters finished idea um, when we did it. But I think if you put a little bit more thought into it, just to create this, this democratic understanding, yeah, just to say, okay, I'm a delegate, but I still have responsibility for the session. And I have the opportunity to get into this, um, into this democratic process. And even if I don't get elected, I still have representatives that I can go to who are not the delegates, the, uh, the, the chairs, the organizers, the, the journalists, um, who I can talk to, who are, whose responsibility it is, you know, to, uh, to pass that message on and to come back also maybe with a, a resolution. Um, that sort of thing I would find really um, cool. I mean, again, I don't know if that sort of things happened in the past six years, but um, this was something, <clears throat> excuse me, this was something that we tried out in, in 2014. I personally felt it really worked. Of course, it depends on what kind of people you get um, uh, who, who get elected, yeah. Um, but still, that's like the, the people that get elected get elected. I mean, that's how democracy works. And so, um, I think that if you were to try and do this over a couple of sessions, maybe you know, get get a feeling going on in EYP uh, for this sort of thing over a few years, it would very quickly, I think, become something that people do take seriously. Our delegates take seriously. Mm. Um, so yeah, so those are those are those are those two, and that, as I said, that fits a little bit into this GA um, uh, livening up GA thing because you don't just have this, you know, this the board yeah sitting in the front and everybody uh, says okay, but you actually have some delegates sitting there who are looking what's going on behind the scenes, um, who are seeing what discussions you're having, and again, who can relay those um, those experiences back to the um, the rest of the committees. Um, so. Um, yeah, and one last one, uh, and then I'll stop monologuing, but uh, this, was, um, this was something we tried out again as well uh, once, which was to have a common brainstorming. Um, in, in EYP, you come to a session as a delegate, you get put into your committee, and if you don't make a, a really an active effort, um, that's, that's it. Those are the people that you're going to get to know. Um, and especially if you're a little bit, you know, introverted as, as I was as well, um, then you're not going to get to know that many other people because, you know, the parties you're going to spend with your um, committee members and uh, GA and committee work, it's just going to be with them, um, which is fine. There's, that's, that's fine. But um, there are places and spaces where, you know, we could think about 
opening this up. And one of these um, is brainstorming. What, what we did, um, and this happened at the second NEYF, uh, excuse me, the second EMYP, the Euro-Mediterranean Youth Parla uh, Parliament. Um, it was a session that happened in Stockholm, can't remember the year, I'm gonna say 2013. Um, uh, basically, we just got every delegate to brainstorm um, on, on you know, five or six different subjects. So as a delegate, what I would do is I would say, you know, which of the committees am I also interested in? Go to that, um, go to that space. We, had, we just had a big space, an open space um, type thing. Um, and then we'd spend five or 10 minutes with the chair brainstorming, and then we'd move around to the next one, you'd move around to the next one. So you'd get to know a lot more people, you'd get to have a bit of an insight into the discussions that other uh, committees would be having. Um, and at the same time, you as a committee had a whole treasure trove of, you know, brainstorming ideas that were already on your plate before you even start your, started your committee work process. Um, so yeah, those, those are three things that I would like, I would recommend to uh, have a look into and, and just try out. But even if it's not those things, try out stuff. EYP is about experimenting. EYP is about not being satisfied with the way it is right now. You know, and EYP, you have that opportunity. Nothing's, no one's going to rip your head off. Nothing's going to, you know, be destroyed if something that you try out didn't work. So um, that's, I can just really um, encourage anybody and everybody who's thinking about trying out something, you know, think through it, of course, um, but but just just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think what one thing that could be really interesting to see is how many of these different ideas people have actually been trying out. Um, to give an example, um, as you were talking earlier on about the amendment side, and Joel said that he attended a couple of sessions that had been doing this. Um, mm -hmm. I, I actively decided uh, as well that this amendment thing sounds cool. Let's try and bring this into GA because just like you were saying before about the disjoint, what does EYP really get us to do uh, during team building committee work? You get to GA and suddenly EYP is doing something very different. It's the, there's mm. a complete disjoint. And the amendment to actually allow things to move just like committee work. If we look at the direct response, direct response mimics committee work because in committee work, someone doesn't say a point and then someone says something completely different. Someone says something and then somebody actually replies to them, you have a conversation. Amendments is like saying one committee can now help contribute to the other committee's work. So what we what I started to do between Nipro 2016 and the Yerevan IS, was that 2019? Yeah, yep. uh, the, the Yerevan IS in 2019. Throughout those three years, I think I did it about seven or eight different sessions mm -hmm. where we created the um, amendment speech. So mm -hmm. the is just before summation speech, the proposing committee could make one either could either remove a clause, change a clause, or add a clause based mm -hmm. on what was said during GA. So that way, any point in GA could actually be constructive. Yeah, that's, I mean, exactly, I mean, brilliant. Uh, and that's exactly, I think, like, th this is the movement that we need to have. We need to be going as we need to be thinking about these these kinds of things having we, we always want to have a conversation and then as you say at GA suddenly we, we have a confrontation mm -hmm. it used to be a lot worse in the past <laughs> and, and and we're getting better bit by bit because the end the end goal for me of GA is to have that parliamentary experience admittedly not all parliaments you know 
um, work exactly the way that we'd, we'd want them to work. But if they're supposed to work, and if, if GA is supposed to work in the spirit of EYP, then for me, for example, um, voting against a resolution is something that should only happen if I'm really fundamentally opposed to the resolution, not just because, you know, there's one clause that everybody's um, uncomfortable with. And, and what you're describing, Nathan, is exactly, um, you know, that's a move in that direction to say, look, we have the feeling that a lot of people here, you know, have a problem with clause so-and-so. We had to talk about it. For us, it's fine if we remove it. And, you know, that's the way we, that we'd like to propose that, uh, this new resolution basically to the, to the, to the General Assembly. So, yeah. Um, and, and again, if, I mean, if I can pick up on, on another thing that you just, um, I'm, I'm going to be interpreting something you said here, yeah, but um, don't just do it once, yeah, <laughs> try it again, try it again, it's going to, it's going to fail a couple of times, you know, you're going to have sessions where it just flops, yeah? but, uh, and, but refine that idea and see, you know, is directly before summation speech, is that the right time to do it, is can you do it somewhere in the middle so that people can respond to the idea? Uh, how do you formulate things? Is there, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can try out along the way and you don't have to take your very first idea and just say, oh, well, you know, uh, either this works or it completely fails and that's, that's all mm -hmm. I've got. Yeah. Take the opportunities that you have, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I think wrapping up wise, um, I was very fortunate. Um, I was very fortunate in my EYP career, and I was also very fortunate with the session that I was telling you about just now in 2006, that we did have a lot of people there who um, later on also, for example, went to um, preside their own international sessions. Um, and, and these people all ended up carrying this message of the idea of the direct response to their respective contexts and, and, and passing it on in that way. Um, but. The, the fundamental message for me wouldn't be, you know, it used to be dark ages, then came direct response, and then everything was fine. But uh, again, picking up on, on what Nathan mentioned, you go out, you innovate, you try out something new, um, and don't give up if it doesn't work out the first or second time. Uh, refine your ideas um, and see that you can really develop EYP into what it could be, so to speak, when it comes to having this dialogue, having having this, this exchange from the very beginning to the very end of, of every single session. Yeah, and also talk about the things that you've done. So that oh, it doesn't yes. stay inside the session, couple of sessions that you tried it at, but also bring it into a more communication with the whole community. Because the EYP, we have so many sessions these days that if something gets new gets tried at every single session, there's no way that the best ideas are going to rise up from there unless they're really talked about. Absolutely. This is also about, right? So thanks very much for letting me share. <laughs> exactly. Um, when we, when, when Joel first kind of proposed the idea of this podcast, it was exactly for this reason. The idea that you only know about something if you're in that one session. If you happen mm. to be there, then the people from that can then start to spread it, but you had to be there. For example, Joel knows about the um, amendment stuff in, in GA with the amendment speech because he happened to be in one of the sessions where we did that. But if you weren't, then you can't really know. So exactly this kind of podcast with these conversations, we can actually start to share these things a bit more. All the more reason for me to say thank you very much again for um, letting me join you. I am humbled and moved. Yeah, and thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. It's been it was a 
pleasure listening to all your insight into the organization from all those years ago. My pleasure. From this story, what I really take away is that teams can try something new and they can see if it works. And if it does work pretty well, it can have so much more of a bigger impact than what they could have ever planned. Today, it could impact three, four, maybe 500 sessions every single year. I guess a really important thing that we have in EYP, as we spoke about, is this idea of having a blank slate in which we can try out new things and we have space to be able to fail, to repeat, to keep tweaking things until we have something really, really, really cool. In EYP, we tend to form a lot of traditions around things that we do, whether it's kicking off a session in a specific way or a team building game that's done in every single session or even something like a whole session element. But the thing about this is that when EYP started, there wasn't a tradition around any of this. There was no standardized way to do a session, no session elements that were in a way set in stone already. So someone had to come out with it, kind of try it out, see if it works, try different variations of it, fail with it, succeed with it. And the beautiful thing is we don't even know how EYP might end up looking in 10 years. Like it might be completely unrecognizable to us. And it also goes the other way around. A session that was done 10 years ago was going to be a completely different experience. Maybe not in the spirit of it. We'll have more future episodes about the historical side of EYP and how those sessions came off to their participants and how that all developed. But there were so many things that that even during me and Nathan's time in the organization have changed a lot. So how big of a difference would it be from all the way back to 10 years ago? There was a time in EYP where we did sessions without the internet being accessible for everyone. Like Imagine how it would be to do a session without any computers, any smartphones. That's a cool session concept, by the way, there, if anyone wants to put a bit of a extra jazz to a session in the woods without any modern electronics. And as we are in the process of gathering these stories for EY peers in the form of this podcast, if there's something that you are familiar with, something that you know that had a really cool origin story that you think would be cool to share with the rest of the organization, then do feel free to yeet us an email at talesfromsessions at gmail.com. Perfect. On our next episode, we're going to be having Harris Kushmich, and he's going to talk to us about a different kind of change to the network, about founding of a national committee. Until then, have a nice time, and we'll see you soon.